0: Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm just checking that the sounds okay. <laughs> and welcome everybody to the latest episode of Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. I am your host, Mr. Stephen Hessey. Thank you so much for tuning in on the 25th of May for our second show of May. Because obviously, this is the second month that we've now doing a fortnightly show. Um, so, this is your first time listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We very much appreciate it. Even though I find the phrase "tuning in" let and less relevant these days Ricky um you're know, tuning like, in like click. <laughs> click yeah like you yeah. just click a button these days yeah. don't you yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's all easy um but yeah so um we're really obviously hugely excited to do uh, another edition of the show um we've got a lot of guests planned up which is really good so our idea of doing a fortnightly show and worried that we were not going to get guests uh, as many guests so it wasn't been good the second show wasn't gonna be as good. We are proven the haters wrong <laughs> <laughs> as I say. Does um, mean
1: I'm working a little, little bit over time,
0: but Yeah, and for the for the first time in a while there was just to 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 explain why we were also five minutes late is because there was a show on before us. Uh recently there hasn't been um mm. so so we didn't get into the studio um as early as we normally do. Um so that's the reason for a little bit of a five minute delay. So a little bit of dis- um uh what's what's the word I'm Display- searching for? disclaimer thank you and um, my dyslexia which is ironic because <laughs> we're going to have a dyslexic person talking well, in a that's second why for a I invited yeah exactly yeah um, how do you say our name uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get there uh, <laughs> but yeah so I'm dyslexic so this is going to be interesting but yeah um, just a disclaimer as uh, Ricky very kindly told me is that yeah we are a mental, mental health show primarily um, so obviously there will be a lot of uh, potential taboo subjects going on um, so in that sense you, you know we are are very open and honest people, Um we talk and yeah, we talk about ourselves as just a guest who's arriving. So, Ricky's gonna leave the room for a second. Um, yeah, so we are we are a disclaimer, um up we're up from people, we talk in an honest fashion about a variety of different things. I have bipolar disorder, Ricky has um, PTSD. Also, we talked about um ricky two weeks ago talked about reverse sad which is something he just got diagnosed with which i thought was an interesting um conversation because most people i spoke to about reverse sad had never heard of it um you know obviously season affective disorder um is usually associated with winter um but yeah apparently you can get the reverse sad is when it happens in the summer um so so that is a good example just to Give you an example of last last time on the show um, about that very uh, subject matter. About I was just talking about reverse sad. you just entered the room oh. back again as a revelation for the last show, and um, just to basically show that we are open as open as the guests are, um, which is what we want. Um, you know, to, it to be like. Um, but we'll not keep our guests any longer because what I thought we'll do, considering we got into the studio um a little bit um later than we expected to we we'll, me and ricky will catch up on the half hour um and sort of see um what's going on because uh, and hopefully our other guests will be patiently willing to wait um but we'll not keep off um uh, well first of all i'll ask ricky before we get to that because this, this, this is just i have to it's tradition how are you doing mr ricky before we I'm get not to our so guest
1: bad, thank you Stephen. how's you
0: uh, all right. I mean, I'm very tired. I might I look know. tired because of what happened to me yesterday, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that half an hour. Yeah, because I, I have a we'll lot know. to say. Um, yeah, I've had a particularly hard week, but we'll get to that. Um, so anyway, so um, me and Ricky will catch up uh, in a little bit, but for now, I'd like to welcome Liz Ferguson, who is here from Dyslexia North East England. Hello, Liz.
2: Hi,
0: hello. How are you? I'm all right, as we were just talking about. Um, I'm 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 getting by, as they say. Um or as the dyslexic people would say with four Vs. Because uh, <laughs> 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 apparently I just put random letters in, yeah. Um but yeah, so um Obviously, as I'm kind of half-joking about, because we, we kind of want to have a fun-loving atmosphere here, because obviously, you know, dyslexia has affected me, mm-hmm. um, so obviously it's a subject close to my heart, so when I heard you were coming on, I was like, excellent, because I think there's a few misconceptions about dyslexia as well, because I get asked about it a lot. Um, quite a bit, yeah. So, I think, first of all, um, the most obvious question is to say, what do you do in your organisation, what's your role, if you don't mind, don't mind just a little bit. Okay,
2: well, I'm actually a retired GP, and our youngest right. son... All right had dyslexia Mm -hmm. and so when I retired my husband said I think you better do something about dyslexia because there is not enough support for children in school for parents in the home Mm -hmm. and for people who are at work or who are unemployed because Mm -hmm. they're really struggling and the one word we come across every day I am struggling I can't do what Mm -hmm. I would like to do I Mm -hmm. can't read properly Mm -hmm. or I can't write my memory, I can't remember stuff, mm. I can't organise my life, and, and I get ridiculed, I get bullied, mm. and I get teased. And so many people, mm. they they are very much misunderstood. Mm. And it's interesting, your show is dealing with mental health, hooray, mm-hmm. because it is a taboo subject. And in fact, a lot of dyslexics have anxiety, mm. depression, mm. panic mm.
0: There's a stigma there as well, isn't
1: there?
2: There is a stigma. Yeah. Ricky, yeah.
0: she's describing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, to give it to give some background, because
1: yeah. you had was a regional conference very recently, didn't you? And I, I got... Did. I I saw that on social media. Right. Had I known about it earlier, I would have loved to get to talking to to sort of as a as a preview. You could have come. You could have come. But now you Another can time. review it for us. So how how did that go, and what was the aims of that conference?
2: The aim of this conference was to address yeah. mental health in children. Okay. Because there are so many emotional difficulties that teachers in school find difficult to cope with, mm-hmm. maybe the parents as well mm-hmm. and, and the whole family. It affects everybody. Of course. Yeah. But we have a wonderful speaker called Rob Long, mm-hmm. who is an educational psychologist. Yeah. But we, we met at Barnard Castle School, which is a lovely, lovely yeah. school. Yeah. They want to be a dyslexia friendly school. Right. Wouldn't it be lovely if all would that be the first
1: of its kind then,
2: or was that or no, the ready are summer. Are dyslexia friendly schools around, right. but mm-hmm. not nearly enough. Yeah. And that would be a wonderful aim, mm-hmm. uh, if we could have more dyslexia friendly schools mm-hmm. in the northeast because the provision to give support is very patchy. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a bit like a lottery. Um, some schools are wonderful, others they just haven't got the teachers with the time or the expertise. Yeah. And it's Dyslexia needs to be raised on profile mm-hmm. to make it important. A lot of people understand about autism, ADHD, mm-hmm. dyspraxia. All those things can coexist with mm-hmm. dyslexia. Mm-hmm. And you can get dyscalculia if you have difficulty with numbers. I will ask you about that later on. <laughs> Dysgraphia if you have problems writing. Yeah. There, are, there are a whole host of things, but <laughs> that doesn't mean to say it's bad. Dyslexia mm-hmm. is a gift. Mm-hmm. And what needs to happen is their gifts and talents need to be yeah. unpacked and displayed. Yeah. I mean, look at all the wonderful sportsmen, musicians, mm. artists. I mean, we have a wonderful patron, Simon Donald, who's a comedian. Yeah, he founded the business. I know Simon Donald. Yeah, know know Simon D- yeah, Dan yeah.
3: yeah, his, yeah. His, his, yeah. His his well, there comic, you go. Yeah.
2: So I don't know if he's listening, but, you know, <coughs> um, he, he's a, a lovely guy. And um, so we're going to have a gig in July. He's had
1: fundraising gigs at the Clooney and so on, yep, isn't he? Yeah, we're going to have one at
2: Clooney on the 14th of July. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And genuinely, we, we want to reach out to dyslexics that give them hope. Mm. I think that is the most important message. Mm. So we have um, an office base in Mediwell Connected in North Shields. And there are, there's another charity. there called Anxious Minds. I don't know if you've come across yeah, them. We know mm-hmm. They pr- are providing wonderful services to help support people. And genuinely, um, we're trying to help listen to what people's problems are mm do screening for dyslexia and assessment so that they can then say right i i need my help and support whether it's at school mm or whether it's at university, college, or in the workplace, mm-hmm. because it needs to be recognised.
0: Yeah, because um, one of the things that... I, I've <coughs> talked about dyslexia in a number of different formats on a lot of different shows, because I think it's very similar to what we preach about with mental health, mm-hmm. is that I don't think it's addressed quick enough, like as in in terms of like young enough, because um, to give you a little backstory about my history of dyslexia in terms of finding it out, was the it's it, it, the the serious subject matter about what you're just describing is the, the the bullying aspect of um and you know i I don't want to upset my family when I say this, but it is a harsh reality of I used to get teased mm-hmm. by my family because you know my handwriting was awful and you know i I would yeah, I can give you a really really silly example and i I remember it because you know you know how like when you look you 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 um go back to Old memories of your childhood, and you still have that feeling of like feeling so completely um isolated like yeah, yeah. embarrassed yeah. like and the the example I gave was i um replaced the word I, I was in a i was in the scouts, and I remember this session like really vividly because I remembered how embarrassed I was because i didn't know what I was doing mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was just you know people just go you're thick or something like that that's that's mm-hmm. the common way of dealing with it mm-hmm. because I swapped rugby the word rugby with ruby um and i and i kept saying ruby and i was just not aware that i wasn't that i was ruby. doing that so i was convinced in my head i was saying the right word so yeah. i kept going why is everyone laughing at me it's, yeah. it's ruby and i kept saying ruby, ruby 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 and they just went like laughed at me like went what what's wrong with you like kind of in that, in that sense and it was only years later because i just You know, when you have an experience like that, you very often don't deal with something. So I um, found myself only when I got to university and I went, I was struggling to keep up with doing the notes for like lectures and whatnot that um, I I had luckily the the foresight and encouragement around me to go to like the student union and and say, um, I'm having trouble with notes and stuff and they got me to do a bunch of tests and then I finally got told about what dyslexia is. So I'm curious to, you've nodded during that whole process. Is that a common example of what you find you hear in regards to dyslexia?
2: Absolutely, Mm -hmm. because you see, you're an intelligent person. You're Mm -hmm. not daft, you're not stupid. Mm -hmm. And in fact, you've got a lot of talent. But so what happens is dyslexics often try and find a way around things in Mm -hmm. order to cope. But a lot of them inside feel very... Anxious and very sort of emotional about how this has all happened. Because they Mm -hmm. know if they were given the right help, they Mm -hmm. could absolutely fly. Mm -hmm. And it's just because... it, it sort of goes on for years. And, and because people don't understand, I think this is what we've got to do, mm. is to try and mm. raise awareness of what dyslexia <clears throat> it is. It's not somebody trying to cheat their way out of whatever mm. Yeah, that's another thing, yeah. It is mm. not that mm. at all. It is a genuine problem mm. because a dyslexic has a brain which is structured differently. Yeah. Mm. The anatomy, the neurons, and, and all the things, um, it's different. Mm-hmm. And so what needs to happen is people need to stop and listen and yeah. say, right, mm-hmm. let's see what we can do to fix this. Yeah. Because y- you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're given the right help and support from the age of about seven or eight, it will make a huge difference. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can spot kiddies even as long, young as three, mm-hmm. that they might be dyslexic. Because with our Peter, he, he didn't like doing jigsaws, but he loved stories. He loved being read to Mm-hmm. But he really struggles. So, what are those
1: early signs that that that, that you can spot in the cup and look out for? Well,
2: what happens is if a child is not doing the reading and the mm-hmm. writing as quickly as their mates mm-hmm. in, in class, yeah. so and you think. God, you've still you've only written a couple of words. Yeah. Or they might have written them the wrong way round, back to front. Yeah. Or just misspelt them. Mm. So like phonetic spelling Mm. or bizarre. Mm. I phonetically spell. That's that's my that's my main and Mm. and see Peter spelt Mm. butterfly B T F L I yeah. Of course. So, yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> it's great for a shorthand like text it, it, messages now. You can just systematically get away with all the things. A lot but, of people say, Oh well yeah. you've
2: got to stay in, uh, in in the lunch hour, you've got to miss your play outside and you've got to do all these yeah. sentences writing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so disheartening and mm-hmm. really what needs to happen, as I say, we need to recognise dyslexia mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. to put measures in place. Yeah and help the teachers and the parents mm-hmm. because yeah
0: because it it's so interesting isn't it because it it to me as you were talking there it makes me think about as i just said it it's a good comparison to what we talk about in terms of mental health because uh, it, it sounds really simple doesn't it to say it really just come down to just understanding what a person has and how to deal with it appropriately mm-hmm. and yet it doesn't seem to happen um, and it or if it does like you just said I think it does happen far too late in a lot of instances, like, you yes. know, an, an unnecessary um, hardship, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because um, we've just touched on this because I just said, like, an example of what my dyslexia is like. Um, I think another thing I think's worth us talking about mm-hmm. is... That there's different, like, sort of kinds of dyslexia in terms of, like, well, or at least, like, how it manifests itself. And I think that's kind of interesting to talk about because people usually associate, I guess. Um, I always go to the Eddie Azard joke cause I think it's hilarious when he said that joke at the beginning. I don't know if you know this joke, but My he says. Well, it's just basically uh, in one of his early stand ups, he says, um, I'm dyslexic, or actually, I'm mildly dyslexic because a person came up to me and said, No, I'm more dyslexic than you, so I'm you're only mildly dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> So I have to say I'm, you know, and he's like, it's a bit like a Bud Light, as in I have to say I'm light. I'm I'm a light dyslexic. (laughs) Um, And I liked that because, you know, um, we, we talk about this on the show all the time, is that you get quite, you get people... Who become competitive about mental health, which I think is kind that's of dangerous. The worst case story yeah,
1: um, I always describe as mental health top trump. Yes, it's, you know where they go. Like well, that. you know,
0: yeah. Well, um you know, um th- th- I can't remember what sketch I'm referring to, but there was a comedy sketch by a couple of double acts where they go, um, "That's nothing. That's nothing compared to me." Um, I think it's Monty Python, isn't it? Is it Monty Python or something?
1: Not, um, where they go, "It's
0: nothing it's like what I went <laughs> through." And then they start going, oh, "I, I mean, lost a foot." The uh, uh, sketch, yes, the to, sketch, yeah, is not yeah, it? Yeah, where they yeah. just like try and top each other with. <laughs> no, that's terrible that I lost a toenail, mm-hmm. and it's, it becomes more and more ridiculous yeah. as it goes on, but anyway but yeah so so to to talk to us about um in your experience like um because you know as, as again it's all about you know educating some people essentially on this program is to say what type of dyslexia you know how how different can it be in different cases basically
2: yes, it can vary it's like a spectrum, yeah mm-hmm. so you can have mild dyslexia, which often gets missed. Mm -hmm. and you might be picked up at university, not at school, and you say, oh, you're managing all right. You're you're doing average. Mm -hmm. So they don't bother. Mm -hmm. Um, You can be moderately dyslexic or severely dyslexic. And Mm. if you're severely dyslexic, it's pretty noticeable because you really struggle with all the the reading and the writing and the understanding and the memory, that there are huge issues. Mm -hmm. And literally, (coughs) it's, it's very hard for the kids and for the families. And the teachers often get stuck. Unless they've got special training to help them so they can support kids, it really can be quite a problem. But there's 10% of people in the UK have dyslexia of some form or another. Mm -hmm. And I think um, if you had a class of, of 30 kids Three of those are likely to have mm. got dyslexia, and they might have it with dyspraxia, autism, or ADHD as well. Mm-hmm. It's interesting
1: in class, mm. in the classroom, when, just just on that point. It's like you know when they have sets yes. for people who are the most mm. intelligent at the top, but yeah. and you always, I always felt sorry for those who are in the in the bottom set because yes. they're made to feel kind of like that they're not.
2: Because they can't achieve and yeah. they can't do what the teacher's wanting them to do mm. and they fail their SATs and all that, mm-hmm. they're put in the bottom set because mm. they don't have the time to, to deal with it yeah. unless they've got specially trained teachers. Mm. And and it's just so sad because they know that they're bright. They know they can do stuff. They just need the help. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that it's so demoralizing mm. for these kids. <laughs> yeah, so they I'm play up. And then yeah. they they might act the clown, mm-hmm. or they say, "Miss, I, I want to go out. I, I want to go outside. I I can't cope with this," and or they daydream, mm. looking out the yeah. window, and you think.
0: Yeah, because I found out as well, and I think that hopefully it'll be interesting for you know people listening to this in terms of spotting some examples that are misconstrued as something else. Because uh, as I said, for me, the one thing I got teased about by my like family and 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 when I was doing handwriting classes when I was very young was that like there was a strange situation where I was ambidextrous when I was growing up. So um, and they they again, I always you know have resentment towards the school system for doing this to me. Because I was ambidextrous, I was able to do left and right hand at the same time. So I used to just like write and I used to finish handwriting classes like ridiculously early. But (laughs) so their solution was to make me pick a hand, even though ambidextrous is really rare. Um, and I always really resent them for that because, um, and then what I'm getting at though, when I become one-handed, just writing. So I left hand, I was left handed because I felt more, um, uh, like uh, write for me mm-hmm. um is i started writing and i was really struggling to keep up with people um yes. so there was a con- there was a there was a huge di- difference because i guess my ambidextrous skill was hiding it yeah. so when i started doing that i suddenly became um really, really slow, so how how i how my brain and myself like coped with the idea is I would write faster but a lot more illegible yes. um so yes. my teasing for a lot of years was that my handwriting was awful, and just why don't you write slower exactly. uh, or properly yeah and um yeah. it it used to really, really get me down because. The, the 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 thing I was trying to get across was I am struggling to keep up with this, but mm-hmm. when they say that you're doing something wrong, you're less inclined to tell somebody. Um, it's the same principle yeah. that we have with depression and stuff like yeah. that, which is why, yeah, uh, as you quite so eloquently put, I, I would love to be in a society where in a in a school system where you feel more um secure to voice um these kind of problems in not a like um embarrassing and humiliating way because i think that's what yeah. that that's what the situation is so how in a sense like because i know we've talked about it in a very generalistic point i want to talk about like dyslexic northeast now yes, and um and just to like know how does that organization help like what kind of stuff do you guys do to sort of help the situation, as it were. You
1: have a particular focus on education. Yes. am I right in that?
0: Yes, mm.
2: yeah. I mean w- when we founded it in 2005, mm-hmm. we had um, an aim and the objects and mm. the idea was to promote education mm. for yeah. people who, um, so they can achieve their potential. Yeah. Because so we applied to become a registered charity, yes. and then we start started meeting in a school in Newcastle. Mm. RGS Junior School, and that was lovely because we were able to invite parents with children mm-hmm. and we had speakers. Mm-hmm. So we picked topics mm-hmm. and we shared our ideas and how to support the children and so from there it's grown so we now have a parents talking circle we have um activities for children Mm -hmm. we do parent and child workshops Mm -hmm. and as well as conferences but basically we're there on an end of a phone for people to ring us if they want to come in and just have a chat Mm -hmm. because sometimes the confidence is affected in children Mm. and adults they feel so unhappy their so self-esteem frust- takes a on absolutely yeah. and they get frustrated mm. and they find it very difficult because they to want go.
1: to so so muchly they want to express themselves because exactly. they know that but they're unable and, to and if yeah. the
2: body doesn't allow you to put yeah. what you've got on your brain down onto yeah, paper yeah. it really is hard mm. and and i think some people just don't understand mm. that that is a reality mm. Mm. so what they need is at the right support. So we offer a lot of that, mm-hmm. and we, we have a small team of people, and we try our best to sort of help them, support them, and yeah. give them ideas because yeah. there's a lot written about yeah. dyslexia. There's some lovely books, there's some lovely books yeah. that we've produced, and it's about, say, oh, did you know that m- learning in a multi sensory way is a good thing? Mm-hmm. We don't use our senses enough.
4: Mm-hmm. So
2: you've got <laughs> the seeing, the saying, and the feeling mm. and understanding and the taste and smell mm. all these things if you used a multisensory um approach
3: mm-hmm.
2: it actually helps somebody to learn because if you're not interested in something you won't learn it mm-hmm. because so,
1: how sorry how influential mm-hmm. can you implement them into our education system them do they, do they actually <coughs> listen to charities like yourself and
2: well, it would be nice if they did, they did but yeah. I mean, we have been into schools to do workshops right, and so it, it 's a start okay. but what needs to happen the teachers who get trained in mm. teacher training schools that is the time when they should all be helped mm. because a lot of the teachers that we know they haven 't been given the, the support or teaching, mm. and I think if if they were, mm-hmm. they might understand better mm-hmm. and actually have more teachers who can help the children's special needs right. because this is what's happening. and you see it takes time mm. you cannot fix it in five minutes it takes months, mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and actually to give the children encouragement yeah. so you can get there mm-hmm. you can climb the barriers if right. you're mm-hmm. given a chance but it, it's um, I think as I say schools are so different mm-hmm. and uh, I mean you've got Nanny Kirk, which is a specialist school but th- there aren't enough teachers being trained mm. i think that's it i feel sorry for the teachers because they have more and more to do and they, but there's too much of a ticky box culture we need to help exactly, kids yeah. to think to yeah, thank thinking.
0: you yeah that's all that <laughs> we say that all the time yeah it frustrates me because that's one of the reasons i never became a teacher like it was my original career path i wanted right. to be a teacher but um i found through my own problems that I experienced because I have bipolar disorder as well as dyslexia so it's interesting because what you said was so profound uh, you said this at the op- and you, when we first started talking to you was um, that dyslexia is very often like underpinned by another problem and for me I, I don't think my dyslexia was really dealt with because I had problems with depression and and mental health issues way before then and so it's, it, it's more about uh, which I think is why what you just said there is really accurate because it's more about like sort of getting like um workload out of somebody mm-hmm. as opposed to critical thinking and yes. and mm-hmm. and thinking for themselves and you know we're we're a fact based sort of um yeah. way of dealing with things mm-hmm. you know everybody knows to say ten sixty six but they might not know what it means or <laughs> i mean you're you're can't. absolutely <laughs> right about
1: this um ticky, ticky box, box yeah. culture because it's it's almost like <clears throat> okay, we've talked about it so so there it is. But there's no kind of follow through to make sure that what we're well, talking we about. Well, we need happens, to do something yeah. about it because yeah. I
2: mean, the poor teachers are are yeah. absolutely—they're overstretched. It is. They as well. Are. I mean, yeah. we have a door to teachers, and and they just don't have any time. Mm. And what what we need to do is turn education round instead yeah. of churning out all these facts. Mm-hmm. Is actually help them to work out to think how mm-hmm. to do problems. Mm-hmm. So if you base things on projects, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, build an build an adventure playground in your school or something, then they would have to do things like math. They'd have to yeah. measure. They'd have to think, now, h- how are we going to do this? Who Who's going to be involved? Mm-hmm. And who's it going to be for? Mm-hmm. And, and what is it going to achieve? Yeah. And that way, it would be so much more fun. Mm-hmm. And great. then if you can enthuse them with their imagination, that's great. And the other thing is, they need more exercise. You know, we, we don't have enough exercise in between. Yeah. So if you did things like brain gym, which is an excellent form of getting the brain going, Mm -hmm. Little things like this can make a huge difference Mm -hmm. to children. Mm -hmm. Yeah and it's helping them to feel they can achieve yeah yeah and it's helped.
0: funny because as I say just to we have to end now <coughs> we're at a half hour we've got play ads and stuff but I guess just it's great to hear you talk about it because as I say like um, as you quite rightly say you know we're a, we're a big fan of we joke that we have got we should have like the, the word in lights behind us saying prevention because we're very much a prevention but it's interesting as well
1: that the, the past guests quite recently as well have, have always put down education as that being a potential like a yeah. where things can turn around and create a you know more inclusive society yeah but what i was
0: gonna what i was gonna say was um was that i've like learned as an adult how to deal with my with with particular situations because like i meditate for example and i and i and i it really helps me in terms of helping with my mood disorder but with my dyslexia i'm pretty certain i don't um i don't um I don't think I've dealt with it enough that it doesn't affect me as much as it should Like, and I think it basically crowbars in like we were just talking about that I don't think it got diagnosed early enough for me so I look at that as not to feel sorry for myself but as you quite elegantly put, why can't we do that in a in an easier, like for, for, for this generation and the previous generation the next generation, like to be able to cope Same with, with, with me. it Same my, my own diagnosis
1: um, of PTSD came after I graduated and mm-hmm. I wonder what difference it might have made Right. If it was yes. there before.
5: Great.
0: Well, we need to play for ads and then we've got our next guest, very kindly, who's waiting. Sorry, I hope he hasn't been waiting too long. Um, but yes, yeah, so we're going to play some ads now. But all of these me to say it. Liz uh, Ferguson, thank you so much for coming in. Thank um, you. Thank you for talking so eloquently about dyslexia. Yeah. Something that's, again, close to my heart or close to my brain, maybe might be a better way of saying it. <laughs> Do
1: you want to
2: quickly tell us yeah. about your online presence? Yes. Like yes. Uh, um, we have a website mm-hmm. www.dyslexianortheastengland.org.uk. uk but mm-hmm. we are changing that to in and then info at dne.org.uk uk for the email okay. to Play make it, it simpler but do get in touch and give us a ring. Brilliant. Um, okay. That's thank awesome. You. Thank you Please so much. come on again sometime. Thank you. That was really lovely. awesome, but yeah. would be lovely. Okay. Great. So thank what you. we're going
0: to do now is, huge thank you to Liz for being on. We're going to take a break right now. We've got our next guest mm-hmm. kindly waiting, who's uh, got a guitar, which I'm interested in seeing. So, um, yeah, so we're going to play some ads right now, and then we're going to play Poison by Alice Cooper, and we'll be back in about five minutes of time here on Mentally Sound, right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM.
2: For the community, by the community.
4: Spice FM 98.8 FM. Newcastle Miller
1: 2018 25th year anniversary The biggest multicultural festival on Tyside Bigger and better than ever before Taking place on Sunday the 26th and Monday the 27th of August Bank Holiday Weekend At the Exhibition Park Newcastle City Centre For more information log on at newcastlemillar.co.uk Or search us out on Facebook
4: Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 191 Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages.
6: Kashmir Orphans Relief Trust, Ayesha ki Awaz
4: आपको पता है मैं कोर्ट में रहती हूं जो 2005 के झलझले के बाद यतीम और बेसहारा बच्चों के लिए आप सबने बनाया यहां मैं पढ़ती हूं खेलती हूं कोर्ट में मेरे घर के बाद अब भाइयों के लिए हॉस्टल बन रहा है रमजान मुबारक में अपनी ज़कात सदकात और अतिया के लिए सिर्फ कोर्ट का नाम याद रखिए
6: court.ukoffice0300123774court.org.uk
4: the same old radio sound (sighs) then you need vibrant radio spice up your life Spice FM 98.8 FM
6: Me. In search of finding a place to sleep. I've drunk with angels and slept with demons. Yet I've walked through fires and rode through plains.
0: I love that song. That was obviously the rather brilliant Alice Cooper with Poison. I say obviously you might not know that song at all. I saw Alice Cooper live once uh,
1: when he played the City Hall in the 90s. Did he have his snake? No he didn't (laughs) but he did wear a Newcastle top (laughs) which which, do you remember when Keegan it was Keegan's era and it seemed like a lot of bands and musicians that came put on the top just to you know
0: fit in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when Tony Blair played headers with them. Oh, <laughs> God, <yeah. laughs> I remember that really really well. Cuz so like I'm going to fit in by having the most entertaining team. Cause I'm really dull. I just think I just think <laughs> schools. That, schools. That was just a,
1: a, a fantastic anthem. Yeah. I oh, no,
0: I do like Alice Cooper and he's like a remarkably nice person. Like whenever I see him on like Never the Buscocks when he yeah. hosted and stuff, really inter- He's really interesting. He's in Room One Hundred One. Quite an interesting guy. <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, considering like you know when you, you see his act, it's all like you know extravagant and snakes and women and and <laughs> flying around chickens yeah. in the audience. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's all like Ozzy Osbourney type yeah, stuff. Yeah. 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 Anyway, cool. So um, huge thank you to Liz Ferguson. That was a really interesting interview as i really, mentioned it, yeah. with dyslexia really close to my brain rather than heart i guess and uh, yeah so um obviously as she mentioned please do um get in touch with them if you do have dyslexia uh, particularly if you're younger than when i found out because it's obviously an important mm-hmm. thing And um, but um our next guest has been waiting really really patiently and i'm super excited because i was just saying to ricky in the break this is the first time I think in since we moved to Spice Studio, because we used to be on community radio, that we've got a person playing guitar. I'm so excited! Um, so we just did a little bit of like, um, obviously uh, checking the levels were okay beforehand, and it sounds pretty good. So I'd like to welcome Simon Taylor to the show.
5: Hello, sir. Hello, Stephen. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.
0: No problem at all. Um, obviously, um, as you know, we do a mental health show, so I'm I, we obviously, you know, in my notes, it's got I've got written down that you've obviously got something that we can talk about in that Both, sense. And I always there's a bit of. Uh, of a disclaimer are you comfortable I should ask you this in the break but we're doing sound is are you comfortable with anything that I ask you cool, and all that kind of thing obviously Steven, yeah. you know we won't ask you anything like ridiculous no, 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 no. <laughs> are you a racist <laughs> 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 oh, yes I am Oh no, god we need to we need to, everyone stop the stop the music Um but yeah no Um so yeah I'd just to break the ice because it is kind of silly when you go can I ask you anything well <laughs> what's your view on cheese because um, if the answer's no you're leaving <laughs> oh, no, I'm affirmative on that okay good that's fine yeah so
1: it's cool. like when I revealed to you I wasn't
0: a big fan of cake you wanted to chuck me out the yeah, video yeah. <laughs> yeah I still haven't forgiven that for <laughs> you haven't gotten no over that yet <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah because you went I don't really be fan of cake and I'm like get out it's like you said don't like chocolate or something yeah. um, but, but anyway so um, but yeah so Um. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming based on having a tart and you play playing your own songs i assume yes, um right. is that you are you a performer
5: yeah uh, um that's right i've got i've been working with a band for the last well six years i guess and the 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 genre is, i suppose is singer songwriter um i i like latin and funk and jazz and rock so it's a bit of a mix really great and um particularly latin i guess in a way yeah.
0: oh that cool mystery. yeah i like i mean you sound like a man close to my heart because i i play i like i um, used to play a lot of acoustic gigs oh, back in yes, the day yes. um so yeah i i like all sorts of general music so um, yes. um that that sounds awesome so um so how did the band start like you said six six years ago did you say like yeah. was it your band or was it a friend's band
5: pretty much pretty much my own because i had been writing a lot i started writing songs uh, quite a while ago i guess and um mm-hmm. i got to a point where i wanted the band to kind of start performing these songs so we did some recording uh back in 2011 and that became an album which was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been gigging with the band because uh, I have mental health problems. We don't gig, we gig a bit, but you know, it's not. Yeah. Uh, Towin would be beyond me. Well, I think record companies would probably agree anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it's, um, I, um, I, I, I've i been busy with that for, for, for six years and looking to make another album, but I'm halfway through, well planning making another album at the moment yeah. great
0: yeah. i i, I t- again uh, um we talk about we have both mental health issues as well and um when i used to gig that was the number one problem for me and um, it was the it's because um which I'll, I'll ask you directly because i always ask, love asking performers this because i used to be part of like a performance circle for a long time yes and um it used to be like my thing um, yes. and i kind of sort of almost like kind of gave it up i mean this is a performance i guess in a, in a sense but um in terms of just doing gigging and stuff i kind of gave it up because it's it's the the highs and lows of just doing it is is hard enough so i imagine this is obviously a good segue to your disorder which we, we can talk about is like it's really hard, isn't it? Because it's 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 a moody profession as it is, because you've got the unbelievable high, the natural high of performing, and then the miserable low you get straight after it, because you get the downer period as performers. You'll totally understand what I mean. So, can you tell us, like, from your point of view, like dealing with that and in relation to your disorder as well, like how hard it was?
5: It's exactly the same as you describe it. Yeah. Right? That um, it's been an issue recently. To be perfectly honest, even this year. Um, I think one way around it is I've written loads of songs. And so in due course, well, pretty soon, I'm going to focus on the recording side a bit more. Um, Mm -hmm. Not not to say I'm not going to continue gigging. I'm having a a wee break from gigging. I've been gigging relatively often for six and a half years. Good. Uh, And I feel that I'm at a stage now where I want to have a break and. Focus a bit more on on recording, but yeah, yeah, it can be very it can be very stressful. I've, I've experienced that twice with with last month. To be perfectly honest, I had, yeah. a, I had a really tough gig last month. I just didn't feel very well. You know, yeah, That's the truth of the matter, I didn't enjoy it at all. It's mm-hmm. supposed to enjoy gigs, but I didn't. Yeah. it was tough mm-hmm. and it was really tough. gig. Did you
0: find yourself in that whole thing of I really want to go, but I don't think I can go, but I need to go? <laughs> like that, I, felt that, I didn't yeah. want to be there. Yeah,
5: I didn't. I, I had a a gig. Last month I just didn't want to be there, mm. and I was suffering. I was suffering, and I felt terrible after the gig. And it doesn't happen to me very often, mm-hmm. um, but that was the least enjoyable gig I ever had yeah. in my life. The last gig. I can tell you just to
0: feel better, then I'll just because I'll, I'll I'll throw it to Ricky if you've got anything to ask you it is um, <laughs> the worst gig I ever had. Um, Cause I did, um, you know, cause I, I I did I was always afraid of doing guitar to begin with because I thought it was like because it's like my soul more so. I didn't mind being funny and being silly like we are on this show, um, because I think that's like part that's who I am personality wise. But like my music meant a lot to me, as I'm sure any performer says that. Um, so before that I did stand up comedy, um, and and I. I, I found it all right, but it just didn't feel like it was my thing. Like, I did enjoy... I do like making people laugh, but stand-up comedy is a whole different game. And the worst gig I ever had, which was stand-up comedy, was I really... Like, you just so described, and it, like, transformed me back to that point, was I really just didn't want to be there. And I really... And obviously, this was a long time ago. It probably was when I was first at university. So it was probably, like, 19 or something. And I really just didn't want to do the gig. But I was in this mindset of, and I don't know as much experience as I do now with my own illness, is that... Um, or disorder, I should say, is that, like, I didn't know how to handle it at the time. So I did my whole dad in my brain going, you must do it. You gotta work hard. You gotta still do it. Like, that sort of worth ethic type thing. You don't wanna say no and you're like, it's an opportunity. You can't turn it down. And, um, I got on stage and completely froze. Um, and, um, I just did 10 minutes of, like, and I managed to get laughs out of just, like, I, I turned it into me. It was like a routine of searching for a joke. So I started looking, looking around the stage. <laughs> Like, looking under seats going, can anyone find a joke? <laughs> um, and it, yeah, I got a laugh out of that about, but literally it was six minutes of me going. Um, but not in a, I, I not I couldn't remember anything I just was like I just don't want to be here like mm-hmm. and like the light was on and like it just, and I just yeah. felt so embarrassed and like and obviously comedians don't let you forget it when you finish as well so they're not the most sympathetic of sorts <laughs> so yeah so anyway so there's a little quick like sort of uh, sharing thing of like yeah, yeah um, tell us on more about
1: a um, sort disorder then yeah yeah, yeah that's
5: right uh, well it's um, it's a kind of mixture of bipolar and uh, schizophrenia in a way i suppose the ups and downs is the best, probably best way to describe it but I, I was diagnosed with it in 2001 mm-hmm. and I, you know that's what i have uh, i've had a i've had a bad turn recently to be honest I, i've not been i've had a really rough couple of months since about march i went on a holiday to tenerife on my own which is a to be a good thing and uh, i felt terrible out there i got there and i looked around and went too mm-hmm. far i mean i've been i've traveled on my own before but it, as soon as i got there i thought this is just too far it's like five hours from home uh, on the plane, and I had a really, really, really rough time. And it's been, it's been tough. And to be I hard. used
1: to, I had the travel bug, and and my own condition stops me yeah. as well. Sometimes it's not but good. Yeah, it's a shame
5: because yeah. I love traveling as well. So it's yeah. a shame when something like that happens. You know, it's uh, it's not good. It's, it's, it's a shame.
1: So back to music, then do yeah. you do you see or do you sort of see it um, as a way of sort of art therapy in a way? Does it does it help?
5: Does oh it yeah, it really helps. It, it really does. So I've had some. Uh, Does that include yeah. when
1: you're when you're you know um, you know tr- motivation for lyrics and that kind of thing as well as performing or
5: yeah particularly writing songs I, the, the thing I really enjoy we we're talking about gigging who that can be scary the yeah. thing I really enjoy is writing songs I love it and, and that's the one place mm. the place I can always go to is writing songs I, I do love it and there's no one put any pressure on you. You just you, you've got cop launched to do what you want, and it's, it's probably what I'm best at. To be honest, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I, I I so understand that. I, I, used,
5: to, I, I, I used to
1: jam I, in university yeah. as well, yeah. but my anxiety would stop me from going because I used to jam with friends, and yeah, I, I, I just, wouldn't I wouldn't join them on stage because the anxiety was just so. because okay. yeah, so, I used to get regular anxiety attacks then, yeah, and like yeah. you know when because my my thing was like graphic design, so I would do these things called crits. Yeah. So, like, so I actually publicly had to speak and defend my work. Yes. <laughs> and, and and I just like as Stephen said, you just that
0: sounds horrible. Um and I like speaking in front of people, but that sounds there. Uh, well I but, uh, do uh, now uh, as well. Yeah. Um but um yeah I just um It's funny you say about songwriting, because I I, I so understand that, because I used to think if I didn't gig and stuff that it would just leave us, and then I'd be like, it didn't mean as much as it did, and I so understand what you mean about gigging, because gigging can be good if people appreciate what stuff you do, it's really, it is nice, and it's very, it it reinforces what you're doing, but then playing at home is, like, sort of just counts as much as the, like, finding a song that really feels like it's you extended is, like, what makes it the, the whole... Idea really interesting, um. So I I I still do that anyway, and I don't care if like nobody hears it. It's just for you. it should only be just for you, just to start yeah, yeah. with, you know. There's so. a lot
5: to be said for open mics as well, you know, yeah. for doing stuff like that. that's what I kind of if I've written a new song, I'll go and open mic and you can you can sit, make that your gig. You don't have to have your name attached to it. You can just walk up, play two or three songs, and you kind of satisfy the performing gig to an extent if you can mm-hmm. do something like that. You know, it doesn't have to be that, but it can mm-hmm. be it can be an option, you know.
1: Do you find that quite much better than into because I suppose if you're if there's a gig with your name in lights and stuff, there's there's less pressure there. But if you go on an open open mic, that you can just go there with less ease and so
5: I find open mics you, you don't have to tell it well, For example, for a gig you can have, you have to promote it for weeks in advance, to tell yeah. people that you're, you're playing. Yeah. And I had one recently which is a bit more high profile for me, mm. and I was I was not in a good way because it was this last month and I, and I wasn't in a good way from what happened and. You're apprehensive about it, whereas open mic you don't have to tell anyone. You don't have to go on mm-hmm. Facebook, you don't have to say it to anyone I'm playing. You, you can just yeah. literally just rock up and just play yeah. your guitar, you know. The standards completely varied in an exciting, interesting way. So mm-hmm. that's a good thing. So I, there's a lot to recommend open mics just to just to yeah. just to get get new stuff out mm-hmm. I'm gonna probably the songs I'm gonna play today, I'll probably play these at open mics when these the first time I've ever played them. So as you can see, it's I've
0: good. To the expect- <laughs> it's, well, as we could see, yeah. Um, but the, 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 I, I agree, because like, the great thing about open mics is, I guess, the sort of less expectation. So like, the, the, you know, because it, it, I used to enjoy going to open mics because if someone would try something new, I used to always love comedians used to come with jokes that we we're working on. And then if a joke just completely fell flat, it was always funny to see a comedian go, okay, that didn't work. Um, next, <laughs> next song. Next, yeah. next thing. So I like open mics. I think they actually like, can be quite enjoyable. Depends what kind of crowd you get though, because sometimes you get crowds who just want people to feel, um, yes. uh, but yeah, so but in well, general, the,
5: the Poetry um, Slam
1: scene is becoming more popular. Yeah, popular yeah,
5: well, the one place I would recommend, you know, in that regard is, is Ernest Bar, they have a thing called Freshly, uh, what's it called? Um, Freshly Microspher, I think I haven't forgotten the name, you know, but yeah, um, I think I've heard, I think yeah, I've heard it's that's it's yeah. excellent. That they've su- found a really supportive it's just such a range of stuff you get there it's yeah. it's scary in a way performing there but it's a, it's a good one i try to yeah. do that when I'm yeah, at a yeah. friend of mine
1: recently won right, one cool. so,
0: um, so how, um, uh, we may have enough for like a couple of songs is that okay yeah, is, yeah, a, yeah. is two is what you want to do um, yes, uh, man, yeah. that'd be great great so um. So, what we'll do then, I guess, just if you wouldn't mind just saying, I mean, obviously, I, I'm, I'm sure you're a pro, you've probably, if you don't open mics, you kind of have to do this, you want to just stop playing. <laughs> so, yeah, if you just say what songs you're doing and like, yeah. um, uh, just let me know when you finish, basically.
5: Yeah, so if, there's, if right. there's
1: a story behind the song you want to tell yeah, people, please free. do, yeah.
5: Well, the yeah. first one's called uh, Brighter Day, and uh, I wrote it just, like at the end of winter. I, I often see the write songs at the end of winter, just asking for the sun to come out, you know, and, um, but obviously, um, with the, the theme Brighter Day can also refer to the like, state of mind I guess and yeah. uh, kind of goes like this
6: I've walked through fires and roared through plagues search of finding a place that's safe. I've drunk with angels and slept with slaves to keep me company in times of pain.
3: Ah,
4: ah.
6: Down an ocean of forming ale. Dance with shadows and places gray I've stripped the cold wall of fear away the lift to tell my bitter tale Brighter
3: day
6: Won't you find me a brighter day Brighter day Don't wanna find me a brighter day Down my face and take my hand, we'll both escape. Brighter
3: day,
6: won't you find me a brighter day? Brighter day, someone find me a brighter day. And rode through plagues In search of finding the place that's safe I've tried with angels and slept with slaves To keep me company in times of pain Brighter day Won't you find me a brighter day? Brighter day Someone find me a brighter
3: day
5: also, new, that's cool, going to be tricky. <laughs> awesome, brilliant, right, guys! Cheers. That's awesome, cool. Right.
1: That was debuted on our show, especially brand right? <laughs> new. Hence the dodgy chord <laughs> at the end. That's right one. That was, he, really nice. was really privileged, thanks. that was
0: really nice. That was really nice. I like, yeah. cheered me up. Oh, that's
1: great, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's made our brighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Have you got one more quick one? Uh, yeah, definitely.
5: Yeah. I thought cool. I'd cheer you up before bumming you out with this one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd do a mix. No, sorry,
0: man. it, uh, uh, about 90% of my songs where I was like, kind of depressing with a positive outlook type thing. So <laughs> I totally get it. Mm.
5: Well, this is perhaps in a similar mode, or it's slower. It's called Our Crazy Dream. And I guess it's just about fighting for What you want in life, despite the fact it seems ridiculously unlikely, um, you've just got to fight for it. And it goes like this.
6: Strolling over golden sands then sailing on the sea. Taking off to paradise, you floating off with me. It's where I want to be. Is it a fantasy? Far away I see your eyes gazing out at me, promising a better life far from misery and this insanity that's taken over me because I love our crazy dream and I know you are meant for me. It's elementary what to do to change reality Pray beneath the rising moon until love sets you free It's in our destiny
5: It's what we need to be I know these
6: times are hard and cold and put you to the test
5: But just believe
6: you've something more to offer than the rest It's in the air you breathe
5: There lies the mystery
6: Cause I love a crazy dream. And I know you're meant for me. Desperate is this call of mine, distant is the plea. Waiting for the touch divine to stir inside of me. Is there a deity that I can speak to me? Envelop me in solitude or throw me to the streets Whatever is the course you choose I swear I'll do the deeds that you demand of me Like a tragedy Cause I love a crazy dream And I know you're meant for me there's one last thing I'd like to say before I end the scene Before all my hair turns to grey and I'm shaking like a tree I need your melody implanted deep in me So hold me like a trembling dove waiting to be free There's so much more to see through love So much that's left in me I need the company of a visionary I love our crazy dream And I know you meant for me Yes, I love our crazy dream And it's something I can see
1: Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. awesome. (laughs) That was great. I was like, that felt like I felt really therapeutic. There, as one yeah. part, I was just like, "Ah,
3: oh, this is great." Oh, <laughs> oh, that that's, was really great. That that's was really guy, awesome. That's yeah, so brilliant.
1: We could just end the show there. Yeah, just yeah. Just, we're, all, like, we're, all, we're, we're all, all floating away. <laughs> yeah.
0: I just want to like, I just want to, I just want to go to sleep now and kind of <laughs> like horror yeah. type thing. Like, that was, like, that was really good. That's like, guys, um, awesome. So I guess like, because we're going to play it because we've got a special ad to play for some reason. So, um, so we've got to go and play that in a second. But before you go, um, do you have any gigs coming up or like places people can find your stuff on the? Web, that kind of thing
5: yeah well i'm a, a little break from gigs because i haven't been too well but that mm-hmm. will that will change in due course um i'm confident that but in terms of checking me out online if they go to www.simontaylor1.bandcamp.com all right um it's all there uh, and um yeah we're going to be recording very soon in the studio uh, but that's the plan, so Brilliant. there'll be more. And if
1: I was if I was you out there, I would I would sneak along to a few open mic case, You might sort of see him sneak on. Stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. Was, Thank uh, you so cool. much for coming in. That was yeah. really really
0: fun. Thanks for having me, um, yeah, yes, no problem. Um, come on yeah. again. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one would one be great. One yeah, one one I one was one one just one one thinking that's so that's so weird. Is that like as I listen to this going like because I mean one of the things we did do in the old because we used to do a show that this show used to be on um um community um radio um so we used to do like we used to try and get um, sort of alternate acts on because I think um, the the summary of this because I mean I want people to remember the songs and stuff because it was really good but like I guess the gist is because we try and like reinforce this is that we are like anyone with any sort of mental health issues is just part of who they are yeah, it doesn't mean that it doesn't sam- lead to <clears throat> Newcastle yeah. or iske mein no idea why to that's so weird <laughs> what just happened there the like computer just suddenly I think it's Skynet <laughs> um, from uh, Terminator, it yeah, just um, oh it's um Sandy, it's someone's logging in, Sandy logging in. Okay. Um, that was very weird. But anyway, so yeah, so um, yes, I know. I think um, what, you're,
1: what you're saying is that we try and encourage all mediums on this show because there's several ways of of expressing what one's one's Definitely. issues and and yeah, the more creative, the better. I think. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's the point. yeah sorry this is like as I say, like, I knew that through you taking over the yeah. taking over the ship. So, um, right. So we're gonna play some ads right now. We're gonna play um um this uh in, I think is what, it, what the guy said so we're going to play that now and then we'll be back in about 10 minutes time but huge thank you to Simon uh, thank for coming you, thank on you, Simon. and uh, to Liz it was Liz wasn't it yeah Liz, Liz Ferguson um, for being on for the second yeah so um, great so we'll be right back after these messages the Judas Priest there with turbo leather Um, I don't want to make any jokes about that that title I wonder what they mean Uh, yeah I wonder what they mean Um, they must mean um, making friends Um Anyway, um, obviously we just played something called uh, Zerazin, I think is how you pronounce it, and it was in relation to, um, I'm guessing something to do with some Indian culture, um, which we got asked to do uh, beforehand. Um, and apologies for the random song that started to play, but um, they were kind of encouraging me through um, remote access to play it, um, even though I already knew. So that I apologise for that slight annoyance. Um, but yeah, so um, that's what that was. Um, um, obviously, just apparently, uh, you just told me during the break as a one as just. For this month, it's something to do, with um, obviously because we are a, a, a um, predominantly like sort of Asian, well, based in Asian roots uh, radio show, radio station. So, um, we obviously adhere to what they ask us to do in relation to Spice FM, um, because I I know that I haven't said this for the last couple of shows because they've introduced a new way of communicating to the show, um, and now I've I think I've worked out how to do that process. So obviously we're going to encourage people who are listening to this show, mentally sandwiches on every fortnight, twelve to two p.m. on Fridays, second. Uh, last Friday of the month, um, is to encourage you to talk. Um, so if there's anything that we're talking about or you have a question, um, obviously if I can get this ball rolling in terms of uh, the WhatsApp working, um, you can send us a message and we will answer accordingly, either with a guest, if it's something guest-orientated, or for me and Ricky to answer mental health-orientated, because obviously that makes a great deal of sense. So the number that uh, the WhatsApp mobile for Spice FM, if you want to get in touch with us message-wise, is 07881 nine double eight that's oh seven eight eight one nine double eight nine double eight um so if you have any questions to me or ricky or the show or spice fm whatever it may be and um, hopefully i will be able to read it because i've got whatsapp up on the computer and um, so if you've got any messages hopefully we shall receive them and embrace them and receive them <laughs> and embrace them <laughs> but yeah so as if you've been tuning into the show um uh, from the beginning of this sh- when this show started at 1 p.m. and um, we never had a chance really uh, sorry at 12 mm. p.m. we ha- we didn't have a chance to catch up really mm. uh, Ricky and I because we've had uh, two really good guests so huge thank you to Simon and to Liz for- so far for being on the show there was an outside chance we were going to get a third guest but we're just assuming she isn't coming she's someone who's been on the show before um so we'll just assume that's not the case so me and Ricky will kind of catch up we'll wait and we'll yeah, but we'll wait and see apart she's not here currently so and um, we're going to take um the assumption that she won't be around so yes um. Um, So in terms of catching up because as Ricky knows um, I think the most obvious place to start if Ricky's okay with this is to say there was an outside chance that I might not have been able to come today Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's a good place to start and I'll obviously ask Ricky if there's anything he wants Mm -hmm. to say but um, as as people know um, and Ricky feel free to jump in if you've got anything you would like to ask Um, is yeah um, obviously during all the shows that we've talked about uh, recently in particular has been particularly for Ricky and I talking about looking after each other's moms and unfortunately my mom had a really really bad week um, because obviously we do now a fortnightly show um, and i spent a good part of time in hospital with my mom last night um which was obviously worrying and i had to text ricky when i got home to say of oh, my sister very kindly as uh came a day earlier for to visit because she was going to come today Um so she's fortunately around to basically look after my mom the entire time which gave me the chance to come here because i was really concerned as i'm about to Pardon me, as I'm about to um, get into because obviously it was a it was a big situation. Um, so yeah, um, I got a phone call this, like yesterday. My mom's been having hallucinations, which she does have little bits of hallucinations with Parkinson's. It is part of um, Parkinson's disease, is that you do get you know a little bit of of hallucinations, as in sort of my mom describes them as like sort of. Um, Uh, like like sort of pencil outlines of people. So not necessarily real people, but just like an outline of them uh, is the way she's described it to me. So we've been talking about that with her Parkinson doctor for quite a while now. So, and she says that they don't really bother her and she knows what they are. So the Parkinson doctor had no concern in relation to that. But for the last, I would say 10 days, my mom has had a significant difference in hallucinations in terms of the really vivid and really not really looking after herself and kind of just being completely all over the place and getting very very um overwhelmed and hysterical and scared and that uh started last saturday at the weekend is that basically she um uh, i went to see her and she was relatively okay and then i got a phone call from a, my her neighbor who cuz i'd rang her and she picked up the phone which was all over the place and I didn't really know what was going on then a neighbor came into my mom's house and answered the phone and said that my ma- mom was my mom was all over the place hysterical and was saying that there was a bunch of people around and that we were all wearing funny hats and stuff like that so that was obviously a worry at the time and then basically to do the short version because I'll was, I was talk about this forever um, the, so she was having these sort of episodes of, of hallucinations that was obviously worrying I talked to her doctor as in what, um, her mental health nurse um, who's involved in looking after my mom and on the Monday because obviously it was the weekend it was difficult to get a hold of her um, so yeah we talked about that um, in in that sense and um, we thought it might be that she has a, a urine infection that, that, that could distinctly be possible but obviously, yesterday kind of changed our minds because um, my sister rang me in the morning and said she was really concerned because my mom hadn't answered the phone for about 45 minutes. Um, so, I and it's been very, very difficult and time consuming to help my mom recently because of that, because of this situation. So, um, I went round obviously because my my sister sounded very um, worried and concerned. And I got there to find my mom attempting to jump. And she's seventy-two and partially disabled, and trying to jump the front fence of like the wall um, with a walking stick. And she was screaming that um, that there was a bad man there in the house, and the and the and the house was going to explode. So this bad man had a bomb, basically, is what she was sort of trying to say to us. She was really hysterical, and she was really all over the place. Didn't know where she was. She was how, and it was it was the first time I was I couldn't actually get through to her, like as in. Um she was really not responding to talking. Um I kept she knew she sort of knew who I was, but she was just not calming down. She kept just having all these vivid images and she kept saying no and the person was gonna come and her eyes like her pupils were really dilated and um she just wanted to just stand in the driveway and not do anything. So it was really, really hard to um figure out what to do. So in a nutshell I rang um I rang the um nurse my ner- the nurse and said I've got an emergency I need to know what to do and then she wouldn't let me in the house because she was fearful that someone was going to hurt me. So I went I I basically just kind of got through that and went okay I'm going to go into the house and say, Mom, it's going to be all right. Like, I'm letting you know that everything's okay. She had kind of messed the place up a little bit, but she's understandable because she thinks that someone was trying to attack her. Um, and then I went into her um, medication uh, tray and found that she had took um, the wrong tablets at the wrong time. Um, so that leads us to think. So I then rang back and said, she's took this, I think. Um, what do I do? And then basically they went, you need to get an ambulance. So I got an ambulance. She went to the hospital. She was still kind of a bit muddled and all over the place and hallucination. She finally calmed down, um, as in like it, she snapped out of it once she sat down on the chair outside our house. Um, but obviously, spent, I, I was in uh, We This was about half 11 when the, the ambulance got to my mom's house and I was still in hospital at half five. Um looking after her um because she needed to get a bunch of tests done, and she's now uh, while I was heading towards this show um my my sister and brother were taking her to the Parkinson unit at Rake Lane, which is one of the best <laughs> in the country, and to basically talk about medication because basically. Even though she overdosed on the medication, and obviously there was a the worry about, you know, to be completely frank, because they ask you this, so I'm not saying this to be, you know, give personal information out or whatever. But they did ask, like, do you think it's suicidal? Um, you know, is there any harm in that sense? Um, I don't think so. And I, I'm so I'm being just completely frank in that regard. That essentially she overdosed on something which does have side effects of massive hallucinations. And also we found out, so the, the the nurse who looked after her at the hospital um, or doctor uh, rang the Parkinson unit directly and they discussed it over the phone, like a consultation essentially, and realised that she had just, this all had been happening within, I'd say, a fortnight period. And we worked out that she just changed her medication from five tablets to six, which sounds like nothing, but with Parkinson's tablets, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a tablet that she's took for a long, long time, sort of 12, 13 years. But um, it leads to hallucinations as a side effect. Um, and so we think she's had little hallucinations, um like in periods, which are obviously harmful, because if at the time if it happens when she needs to take her tablets, she might not be aware just what to, she's just doing. Just to clarify, yeah.
1: when you said at the beginning, regard when you first mentioned the hallucinations, it's mm-hmm. like part of Parkinson's. So yes, is it? Is it more part of a symptom, or is it more part of a side effect, or is it, or can it be both?
0: uh it's a side effect i would say because it is basically a literal direct cause of parkinson's as in there's nothing much she can do about it other than take treatment and it's not like but so but i get what you're saying because i mean the hallucinations could be part of because dealing with hallucinations is going to help my mom's frame of mind obviously because particularly the one i witnessed yesterday was terrifying for her luckily i've I felt like that before. As was a that person. the worst one you'd have yeah, seen? Yeah, like well, I was generally concerned. Yeah. Um, I, I when I when she wasn't actually responding to what I was saying, mm-hmm. that really panicked me. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually, <clears throat> um, if she's ever experienced any sort of like depressing episode or whatever, she usually responds to me quite well. Uh, at the very least, sort of calms down after a while. But li- her hallucination yesterday it lasted an hour and a half, right. which is ridiculously long for a hallucination. So, but then once we worked. That she took three times a dose, then it's quite understandable. They are quite scary. Um, I, I remember
1: yeah. seeing once with my granddad when he had um, tuberculosis one time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to deal with that, the the meds were, were meant that there were these toxins which were entering the, the brain. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's like wow, all, all sorts goes on. You know, yeah. you, you, they're like a different person, and yeah. he was saying he was seeing all sorts because he is quite a sort of a. Uh, an evangelical guy you know in a way so you wouldn't expect him to
0: come out with such
1: blue language at times yeah and then suddenly (laughs) to see him do the wow i was like oh god
0: i I mean i I, when i was like because i when i say that i am the right person in in that situation is because i've felt like that before Mm -hmm. um not to that extent i mean i I was sort of at least aware what i was going through but um but um, I've I've said some unbelievably nasty things, which I obviously you know, cause I like to think I'm a nice person when I'm well, um, it, and I want and I'm a nice person when I'm unwell. It's because I'm unwell is why I'm not being very nice. So you know it's, it's I don't take I don't want to be too um harsh on myself. But yeah, I do say I have said some like harsh, very very nasty things to people and my my, uh, which you know because we've talked about this openly. Um, you, when someone's depressed, they don't say nice stuff to you. Like no. that, especially if you're the person on the front line, is that they yeah. say some incredibly nasty <clears throat> things to you because they want. But it's uh, lashing out because they're not. They don't know what to do. Um. So anyway, so these hallucinations we think are worked out. I guess to summarise what's been happening recently is that, yeah, the extra tablet is basically too much for my mom, so she's having hallucinations that are leading her to get confused in general, and in general, contributing to her not looking after herself, because I've been going around recently, and this has been completely open, and I know there might be, there'll be people listening to this who goes, this is a lot of information and quite a personal thing to say, but it's really important, because... It, me telling this story is not to make my man feel humiliated or whatever it is because it is what's happening and part of it's down to parkinson's which is nowhere near her fault and also it's part of you know being socially isolated with how with with the age she is and that she you know is trapped in her own house and all this kind of stuff which we're trying to rectify and we're working really hard to change that and i read about this um in 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 um in, in you read it in mainstream media but you only ever hear the, the end product of something, you don't hear the process or the journey that people go through in terms of supporting somebody who goes through something like this, this is why I think it's important to be frank on the airwaves and kind of um, and talk about um, all this sort of stuff because it, it has been unbelievably difficult, mm-hmm. um, I was in a situation yesterday because I literally ran round and just literally chucked some pants on and r- r- went round in a taxi to my mum's. And I left my dog yesterday for about nine hours, Um, and I hated it because I think that's cruel. Um, This is just my personal view, Like, uh, and I hadn't fed him because I didn't expect to obviously go to hospital and be there for hours on end. I was just expecting to go around to help my mom because she was struggling. Um, That obviously wasn't the case. So hopefully all these hallucinations will go down and she'll look after herself because um, it leads to it's really it really is a good segue because I know Ricky asked me this at the start of the show because obviously I informed Ricky what was going on because I was like uncertain about what was going to happen today. Um, is it it reinforces that like um, people want to focus on the hallucinations and stuff, which obviously are hard for my mum and are affecting her ability to look after look after herself and do things. That's clear, but what people don't spend any time focusing on. Is the feelings she have mental health wise during the times that she doesn't hallucinate? Mm -hmm. Because the hallucinations are maybe part of the part, like part of the the the, clearly part of the Parkinson tablets now, because that's what they've determined. So we've went back down to five tablets instead of six again. So that's part of it. But what I'm concerned about is the times that she's not doing that is I'm going around her house and saying that she's not ate for five hours and she doesn't think it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And she's not sleeping at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. She admitted to me a couple of days ago, which sent off alarm bells to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm interested to ask you because you, you'll know this better than I do. Cause I'm, I understand it to a certain extent, but I trust my alarm is that she's been getting up at four in the morning mm-hmm. for a seven o'clock call when mm-hmm. her reasoning is because I'm terrified I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. And I, I that that to me sounds like an obvious anxiety issue, like as in <laughs> just the terrified of not waking up. Yeah. We but but a responsible person who looks at it objectively goes that means you are actively missing out on three hours worth of sleep.
3: Yeah.
0: Which must make a difference. Yeah. You know. I mean um, the the
1: irony is in my. With anxiety, timekeeping is is absolutely so yeah. hard to maintain and and, and yeah. work around. I mean, it, it's irony in it's in in that whilst you prepare yourself as early as you can, um, you're still really cutting it fine, or yeah. you might end up late. It's not you know you don't. It's not. It's not often I arrive well well in advance and and all that i there's always something that comes up because that's that's what anxiety does it makes you think of last minute things which need sorting out or you'll get the nerves you'll get the anxiety attacks but mm-hmm. um yeah it, sometimes if i've got to get up really really early sometimes i might i might sacrifice sleep entirely mm-hmm. just to just to make my, just to you know because it's not easy um prepare especially in the winter time you know when it's dark when it gets dark early and it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get light till like well early in the in the, in the morning yeah so you you try and g- you try and give yourself as much time as an advantage but yeah you do sacrifice sleep yeah but that started in my teens um mm-hmm. you know that, that was also to do with like you know trying to finish off assignments and all that stuff But, mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah, so I, I guess the, the problematic nature of what my mom's going through is that you kind of she has to take tablets literally at the time she's supposed to. There's no like leeway. So the problem with that is that she just kind of just goes, "It's no big deal with her tablets." It makes her, and it, it it's this horrible full circle of she's anxious about doing it, which means her forget to take it, which makes her worse because she's not taking her tablet. I think it's important to um, clarify
1: as well yeah. that, that it was it was important that you guys um, assigned like mental health nurses to dovetail with the treatment that she gets because the side effects are yes exactly because yeah. the
0: thing yeah because the thing is is that um uh, there was a situation that came up which is a good example of this, and you uh, and i'm employing people to be really really careful and this is a good bit of advice is you see obviously everyone's individuals and they can decide to do whatever they want like in terms of their own like well-being but obviously there's a line in terms of you've got to ascertain is it the right thing for them and are they they in the right frame of mind to do that because my mom in a my mom about a couple of weeks ago in a like blurred haze of like depression when i'm sick of this i'm not getting better um. Again, not looking after herself, but going, I, I need a pill to solve this. Mm-hmm. So she rang the emergency helpline for her GP, and an on-call doctor came to see her. Mm-hmm. Didn't look at any notes at all. No, not checked that she's got Parkinson's or whatever. Obviously, saw so, my mom was in a depressed frame of mind, and obviously, she never told any of us that she'd done any of this. We found out afterwards, she went, Oh, a doctor came to see me, and the, the, was the and, doctor from the same clinic, was yeah, yeah. So, didn't look at any notes or wow. anything like that, and basically went, Okay, we're gonna, I'm gonna describe you an antidepressant, you can take it whenever you want. Mm. So, like, left our prescription, and only because my mom says, Can you go and get me it, that I had a chance to look at the prescriptions. And I'll admit to you now, which people might go, Wow, this is really, um a a a really big revelation and a controversial thing to do but we we talked to her doctors who said we can't you can't make her not do it Mm. but um because it's ultimately her human right to but we are strongly we're strongly disagreeing with this and we really don't know what's going to happen and like you know so she really shouldn't take this Mm -hmm. so i had to convince her not to do it Mm. um by just saying, you don't really need this. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew what I was doing by manipulating it to be, it's not not a big deal to try and get her to not do it, mm-hmm. which sounds really, like, manipulatory, but, like, I believe, honestly believe I was doing the right thing, based on obviously professional yeah. advice yeah. as well. Because it's a bit like, everyone has a right to go out and try and get, like, illegal drugs and take them, but Anyone with an objective mind goes, pretty dumb idea, yeah. relatively speaking. Yeah. You know, like people who go, I'm going to go out and get smashed now. Like, okay, great. That's what you think is what you regard as a good time. <laughs> but the consequences are you're going to be really, really sick the next day. <laughs> um, so, you know, sometimes it requires you to kind of have another person to yeah. go, yeah. really, you might not want to do this because, yeah. you know, and my my mom, <clears> unfortunately, because we talked about counseling. I know you, you talk to me about this off air quite regularly. Um, about what, you know, cause that, that is what comes up mm-hmm. when people go, have you seen a counsellor for like the fact that she's got real resentment? Mm-hmm. And it's a real, real grind to mm-hmm. convince her to do it. Because like I told you, we discussed this when it was happening. Especially like the bereavement counsellor. Yeah. She, she did three it. weeks yeah. of it. She yeah. did three weeks of it and went, okay, I've got what I need out of this mm-hmm. and then gave up. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I've got, I, I must reiterate, when I say gave up, in my opinion, gave up. Mm-hmm. But what she took it as, this is the problem, the barrier you face with people who have spent their entire lives not dealing with mental health issues, mm-hmm. is they take look at therapy as a solution mm-hmm. to, a, like I'm a saying, I'm cured now. Mm-hmm. They don't look at their mental health as an ongoing issue. Mm-hmm. They look at it as, it's something that needs to be done and fixed now so I just feel better, so I can forget about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Yeah. It's un- and and the, the thing you have to accept the biggest hurdle, I think, in mental health, and I feel so much more strongly about this, n- with all what's going on with my mom, is I think ultimately, as as hard as this is for for my family to hear, because I think this is ultimately it, is my mom doesn't hasn't accepted she has a problem, mm-hmm. <laughs> really mm-hmm. that 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 is ultimately what it is, because all of her solutions are I need somebody else to do something about it. So it's denial then, yep. isn't it? Yeah, it, it, and it's like. Why can't like so? Whenever she gets really, really upset and has a conversation with me in a depressed situation, right? She'll go, "Well, why don't you just live with me? Why don't you just do all my stuff for us, Mom? You haven't took your tablet. Well, where were you? Why didn't you? Why wouldn't didn't you take it for me?" Um, it's always why, 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 rather than. Uh, and I said it's not about. And I think the massive mistake you make, and I know you're going to agree with me really strongly on this, is. I think too many people focus on being depressed as opposed to why are you depressed <laughs> and why are you depressed is a much more important answer, yeah. Yeah. a more question, sorry, a- a- an answer that's really hard to find but imperative mm-hmm. to stop you being depressed. Mm-hmm. It's not about... Well, when you go on uh, that,
1: you know, it, some people describe as a journey, I think mm-hmm. it kind of was a journey for me, Yeah. without going into the sort of like some sort of root cause, um, how are you going to figure out what what's best for you Mm. yeah you can spend time exploring all sorts of ways of course and people get have their issues for all sorts of different reasons but i think um sitting down with a counselor or a mental health nurse and really kind of examining the the root causes sometimes there's not there might not be root causes um but it's worth finding that out itself just to just to you know cover all bases and Mm. then and then go on that journey to to find out what's best for you and uh Often it, it could be the best thing you didn't
0: like. Yeah. It's so amazing how like you meet people <laughs> who are just have this like general. It's like an ignorance of they want to find a quick solution to something. Yeah. So like so to, to give you a really good example, there's a very very recent one. It's like so my mom was still having depressed cycles because mm-hmm. obviously because you know it's not it's not something that's just going to be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. So whenever I go and see her to sort out our medication and whatnot, I I am expecting. On a, on one of the days, or at least one of the days, where she's going to be lousy mood, and she's going to say everything's mm. uh, rubbish, and everything. I'm careful with my words because mm. she doesn't say rubbish, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so you know every you know that she she does what I call, and I don't mean this to be disrespectful, but the small violin act of okay, you know yeah. the 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 whole yeah. like everything's awful and. Yeah. Um, You know, and, you know, me, 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 me kind of thing, which, you know, I don't say that to be offensive because I was like that. I do get like that. I I know that it's annoying to hear because you just think, why would you stop? Can that person just stop moaning? But, um, but yeah, so anyway, she's been having these depressive cycles. When my mom got the whole hallucination thing and they found out yesterday, Mm -hmm. I had members of my family going, so that's why she's been weird all this time Mm -hmm. because the tablets are wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm going yeah for two weeks, mm-hmm. but what about the five and a half months where we've been coming around and making meals for her because <laughs> she doesn't want to do it yeah. it's mm-hmm. like it's like all this like revisionist history because we are we are, want to avoid mm-hmm. the actual problem mm-hmm. because it's the stigma that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. all the damn time, mm-hmm. and all of it is. <laughs> so we don't talk about mental health mm-hmm. so we don't think it's an issue therefore we don't deal with it and then we as soon as another thing comes along they go that must be it <laughs> it must be that Yeah.
3: What it must put?
0: be that that glass of water you didn't have yeah. that must be what it is <laughs> like if you just did that all this eight months of yeah, hell would it just not happened? and then like it, that's not how it worked they, they want the whole they want the whole magic pill or the whole like yeah. you know if you and just drink this, if you drink this Kool Aid you'll be better. by It's, it's easy to dwell on yeah. on
1: on the bad stuff even though when the good stuff's happening and really progressing you you you, you don't sit back because even my mum um just very quickly she, she she's doing quite well and she's she's like walking a lot better yeah but she'll still complain like if she gets a little niggly pain she'll be like oh when's this gonna end oh it's been how how many months now since and it's like. She didn't see like how much has progressed, and yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like wanting to get a. Like, oh, I mean, it, that, that that is the
0: more yeah for for someone who and 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 again just to reiterate, we love these people dearly, exactly. and I think the difference is is that we're not going to give up and we're going to mm. keep trying. It's not that at all because I, I I that's what really upsets me about people who do give up mm. with people who get mental health issues is they talk about what we're talking about mm. now, but they treat it as and that's why I don't want to deal with it because yeah. they're horrible to me. Yeah. It's not them. It's not them. Mm-hmm. So you got to like thingy the two, and it's like they don't know what they're doing, um. Because I can give you a good example from my situation that my mum on Sunday after we had the horrible first hallucination she had on the Saturday mm-hmm. on Sunday I went round and spent like a little bit longer with her as much as I could, mm-hmm. and it was really nice. Mm-hmm. We had we we she had two me two like, and I'm saying obviously she had an underpinning with her tablets, mm-hmm. but this to me shows a great example of what you can do. Mm-hmm. And I know it's it's about being able to and having the motivation to do it. Mm-hmm. But my point is, she had a mate, she had a, a, like a chips with something at one o'clock as a lunch thing with our Kara, Like our Kara made her something around about that time. Well, I think she even made it herself. And then when I came round about four o'clock or three o'clock, whenever it was, mm-hmm. we then had food at five o'clock together. I made pasta from scratch. Mm-hmm. And we both loved it and had a really good time. And then when I left... She was all like normal, like uh, normal as in I hate that word, but I mean normal as in like she was level-headed, and she said like you know a bunch of really nice things to me, and you know, um, said that I'm really you know I'm proud of you and all this kind of thing, and said she loved me and actually meant it in a kind of like not a oh yeah I love you like but will you do all this for me like that kind of thing, but <laughs> I, I actually legitimate like you know I don't know what I'd do without you, but actually in a in a yeah, she yeah. actually legitimately yeah. thanked me for <clears throat> all the stuff that I'm doing. And that makes me keep wanting to do it because I know that's the real person, and seeing that makes you keep wanting you know to do it. You know, the funny thing is, you know? when
1: when not not it didn't come from my mum's mouth um, directly, but other people have complimented me when they see my mum right and how well she's says, she's, oh well done you. you've been a great son looking after her and, stuff yeah. like. and i'm like i'm glad someone thinks because so, <laughs> yeah. she hasn't told yeah. me yeah and then when you get home she's
0: like i don't know what they were on about like what <laughs> what are you talking about you're useless why did not you, 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 you look at you look at that one dish you didn't clean up <laughs> um and that's why you're a horrible person yeah, yeah. um but yeah um but the reason I'm saying all this about the good day she had the day after is then on the Monday she had a depressed episode and went, "Oh my weekend's been awful. Like, oh my weekend, my entire weekend's been awful." Mm-hmm. And I went, you, "What? Why? Why were you being like all horrible with me yesterday?" And like, like you saying you didn't see the pain I was going in. And I went, "What are you on about, man? We had a really, really great day, and I was really happy. Like, we did really good." Mm-hmm. But then the classic depressed line, which I'm sure you've heard, because I've said this exact sentence before, and I imagine it annoys the person you say, is they go but you didn't see what was going on inside. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. But why do you why do you assign a value to that because um on the outside on the outside of so so I'm being punished for something I can't see, mm-hmm. which I can see because I know because I've been dealing with it the whole time and I've I've got my own mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And it's like um it's it that's why I think people struggle to deal with this on a long-term basis because um you are dealing with somebody I think that's why people do give up ultimately friends do in particular because you are not getting anything back off that person for quite a while Mm. like if they're really sick I mean like Mm. as in that they're very self-absorbed depressed people Mm. so I think that's ultimately why people end up um kind of going i can't handle this because but ultimately i look at that and go if you're really looking at that situation going i'm not getting anything out of them then i think that you've got a problem as well mm. because you shouldn't really look at someone in that situation and no, go no. i need something from them no. um I, I find that strange um I, and i again i think it's reinforcing the lack of understanding about what people go through well, i think you would have to be a
1: specific mm. type of person to go into every relationship or friendship expecting a kind of like a deal like a yeah 50 yeah deal. exactly yeah. I mean,
0: you, you you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get out of it. Uh, if yeah, that's what. That's it's That's such a simply brilliant point. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because you know it's a bit like you give and take. You'd mm-hmm. want to be a relationship where if you know and you know.
1: Uh, I mean, it's very rewarding yeah. to to be there for them, and yeah. and, and and I'm sure they will appreciate. Okay, they might not express it as much as you would maybe like yeah. to, but. Yeah, I'm sure deep down they do,
0: and you just mean. hope that they'll do the same yeah. for you, and you, and hopefully you'll have enough examples <clears throat> when that's the case. Sure, because like you know, ultimately I'm doing this because my mom looked after me for an awfully long time, yeah, and I don't forget that or yeah. take that for granted. Yeah, so it's it's not a case of that I'm you know, um, moaning about this in yeah. terms of the but 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 again, it's acknowledging from the supporting side of things of it's unbearably hard, particularly yeah. when it gets really as bad as this. Yeah. And this. Um, and you kind of reset because you said a really profound thing before we started when you went. In some ways, you're probably in that feeling of that you're starting again. All this effort you've done is like feeling like you're starting again because of a a setback. Mm. But again, I just think the best way of looking at it is it is a setback, but not like, you know, we're not going to ruin all the... The, the legal stuff we went through all the practical things we've tried to do to get my mum yeah. better that like hopefully it's just once I mean in my case
1: off, I, I kind of did look at it as, as I use the word payback sometimes but yeah. you know I use it in a sort of a comical sense as well because when I had my breakdown I guess my mum was, was the one that kind of like rescued me in a way that makes sure I was fed and, and, and went out of the house and that sort of thing yeah. so yeah well I, so I suppose in a less comical sense that the word payback kind of makes sense but you know I Karen and as, and we talked about Karen before the show, didn't we? About how we we love their profession. That the, you do sometimes get the bad apple, which spoils it a lot because you know when you get the odd one, which doesn't mm-hmm. show as much empathy. Yeah, use the word empathy before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that's just the ma- vast majority are fantastic. at the work and we say that there's a lack of training sometimes because they're not. I, I was telling you about an article I read recently that someone had said that in terms of caring there needs to be a really large mental health perspective that should dovetail with that which doesn't often come so you'd see sometimes looking someone looking after someone and they'll hold their hands up saying sorry I don't, I don't know what's going on here I, I'm not trained for that." Um, that that's not a nice thing to see when mm. you know Someone's yeah, because
0: I I kind of look at that situation and go, it doesn't stop you trying, no. Right, no, no, yeah. that, 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 that's the thing that, that. But again, it's the whole. I think to be like sort of balancely balanced and fair is that the problem with like sort of if you do it in a professional sense is the worry about being sued if you do something you're that's not true. trained in. Yeah. Um, I, that, that that it's unfortunate. Um, like there was a situation in the hospital yesterday with my mom. So just to clarify, she's got to um, I guess to summarise, because I'm aware we're not done mental health news, but are you ultimately bothered? Because I think I think ultimately we ended up talking about this mm-hmm. anyway. So. Same for next yeah let's points, do a double yeah. we'll do try and do a double thing next week maybe yeah. and uh, we'll crowbar in the headlines because we used to do it monthly anyway so mm-hmm. um, we'll just do a mental health we'll do an extended mental health news next time because yeah. um, we've got five minutes left um, because this, I think this is important to talk about. So, um, yeah, um, I, I just think like because there was a situation that happened in hospital yesterday where one of the nurses, a male nurse, was looking after my mum and my mum was trying to do a urine sample. So they wanted to go into the toilet to help her, and he like was just about to walk in the door, and he went, oh, I can't do this because I need someone else to be there." Mm-hmm. Um, because of all like sort of um, you know, I guess like then he. From being potentially regarded as a pervert, or Mm -hmm. but also, um, but also, um, just legal requirement to have two Mm -hmm. people. It's the same when I worked as a youth worker, Um, Mm -hmm. you always have to have two people in the room, which I'm completely for. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just saying that's an example of like how things have changed because it never used to be like that. Um, uh, when we were growing up, anyway. Um, but yeah, so it's been hard, um, and I and I probably look exhausted, um, because, um, you know, I spent a, a a really long time yesterday, and I've spent a really lot of hours at my mom's. Just in general, that's why I only was able to put up the podcast. So it's a good thing to mention. I've only just put out the podcast for April's shows um, a couple of days ago. Um, so they're available on the iTunes uh, on iTunes. If you type in "mentally sound," you will hear the past uh, April editions, and what we've got left to put up is the last May one we did two weeks ago, and this one, which I've just said in the Simon uh, interview, the Simon interview that I'm thinking about putting that up as like a special thing for Geek Apocalypse, uh, my podcast. You
1: think they're going to put them on Twitter uh yes and
0: yeah i never had a, that's what i was just about to say i never had a chance to like post them um as in for you to be able to click on them um but so if you're not on itunes or whatever we'll we'll be tweeting them uh over the weekend basically um so you can listen to them shows and this so this episode is probably going to be released as like a special for my get you Apocalypse podcast which is the an independent one that i do that ricky's on um and then but anyway the the men, so the but what we will be That was a good one wasn't it? We do a yeah. sequel But yeah, last the last one. Yeah. That was good, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. I still haven't released that, yeah. Yeah. And um and yeah, so um and uh yeah the uh disappointing sequel is gonna be cool. <laughs> but uh and uh yeah, so the so two weeks ago we'll be released over the weekend on the Mentally Sound uh um list. So on so we type in Mentally Sound on iTunes, you can subscribe to this very um radio show um whenever you um whenever your heart desires. Can I quickly um, mention what well, I've been up yes, to yeah, do yeah, please we've got a couple of minutes. So um
1: <clears throat> yeah, I've been quite tired because there's been an absolute flurry of activity recently I've mm-hmm. been sort of involved with. So my trade union acorn, um so for listeners out there I recommend you go on BBC I three uh, go on iPlay and, and click on BBC three is a documentary called Sex for Rent. And uh colleagues of mine were involved in an expose where rogue landlords were sort of targeting vulnerable mm-hmm. uh usually, mostly uh young women t- to cajole them into sort of like you know uh when when landlords put sex on the table to to make you know because of people in desperate need of shelter oh I that's see. there. yeah yeah so we involved in that and we had a screen another screening of that and then we did the problem solving booth with psychology <laughs> oh, yeah we had a discussion about that Uh, It was a great idea. I I was there like towards the end because they decided to pack up early because it wasn't as successful as we hoped. If you listen to the last show, we explained that there's an idea that we, to empower, because people feel empowered to talk to strangers, so essentially we'd put two chairs down Mm -hmm. um, and get passers-by to, you know, they can sit down freely for two, three minutes and explain to a trained professional about things that they want to get off their chest, and therefore they would go and, uh, you know, open up to loved ones and so on. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it, was, it was still worth doing, but there was something about maybe the location or, I don't know. It, it's still an experiment, but I think we're going to go back and talk about it more. How should we get it more successful? Because apparently in London, they had queues of people. Uh, yeah. wanted to do it. It could be the environment. I think if you're in the middle of a suburban environment, you know, next to a garden or somewhere, that mm-hmm. m- that might be a factor. Yeah. And then uh, we did a day of action outside uh, one of the major banks. I'll not name it because they discriminate against people on housing benefit. Uh, click Brilliant. on Acorn, icon, you'll find out more about it. And then um, re- just yesterday we had a meeting down at um, Curtis Park House because. Um, that's been a, a building in the West End that's had a couple of fires recently. Okay. And, you know, on the back of Grenfell. And one of the ideas put forward, as well as fire safety, is to put in a mental health team to, to um, you know, go into, to, to to speak to people on a one-to-one basis cool. because when you're vulnerable and you, feel, you don't feel stable or safe in your home it really plummets your mental health so, great. Well,
0: we've so got exciting like 30, stuff there great excellent so we've got like 30 seconds left so I want to make sure because I don't like the whole idea of it being cut off because it's on auto record again mm-hmm. so all I just me to say is a huge thank you to all our guests uh, to Liz Ferguson and Simon Simon Taylor, Simon Taylor. Um, brilliant music so check out his stuff at Bandcamp um, you can follow me at at geek underscore apocalypse Ricky is at vivid Ricky and you can follow the show at at underscore mentally sound and mentally sound is on iTunes as well as my show Geek Apocalypse is on as well at itunes so please do subscribe to both podcasts as i say two weeks ago um show will be uploaded over the weekend and we're next on air the 8th of um june um 12 till 2 p.m here on spice fm but all these me to say from ricky and myself thank you so much for listening and we'll be back in two weeks time and in the meantime stay mentally sound okay (laughs) take care guys thanks everyone